Hi, good evening, everyone. I'm going to call the meeting to order. I have a notice to read first. This is uh, the November 1st, uh, sorry, <laughs> February 1st meeting of the Community Preservation Committee. The Northboro Community Preservation Committee will hold a public hearing on December 7th, continuing to February 1st, in the Select Board Meeting Room, which is where we are, 63 Main Street, Northboro, for the purpose of reviewing proposals for the 2025 Community Preservation Act funds. The applications are available for review at the website uh, in the Community Preservation Committee area or in person at the Planning Department or in person right here. So thanks for coming. Um, we have a quorum, Todd Helwig, Jeff Leland, Leslie Harrison, Millie Milton, Sean Durkin, and me. Six of nine, so we can proceed. So, um, we're back here to review a new proposal, new application, authored by Lori, sponsored by the Open Space Committee for the potential of using CPA for the purchase of 432 Whitney Street. And um, Lori, you want to just kick right in with your presentation? Um, So as I understand it, Lori's going to give us kind of an overview similar to she did for the select board last week. Yes. Uh, so it's going to be a slightly uh, <laughs> faster version than the one I gave the select <laughs> board. So um, I handed out uh, a PowerPoint presentation. Um, on the cover of the PowerPoint presentation, you'll see a couple of photos of the site. Um, so the, the dirt road, that is actually the view from uh, Whitney Street. And then uh, the brushy version is uh, as, you're, as you go into the parcel a, a little bit further. Um, so of course, for those uh, out there, my name is Laurie Connors and I am the planning director for the town of Northboro. So uh, the second, uh, slide that I wanted uh, to point out um, shows a picture of 432 Whitney Street. It is an undeveloped parcel. It consists of 23.77 acres of land. Um, it is currently zoned for industrial district uh, and it is also located, although not entirely, uh, within the groundwater protection overlay district area three. That does um, put some limitations on certain types of development. Uh, it is served by public water. Uh, public water goes by the frontage of this parcel. However, uh, the public sewer is not available. It's located approximately 1,000 feet from the site uh, to the east. There are some environmental limitations to the parcel. Um, there is a pretty large wetland system uh, on it. I am unclear about the, the size of the wetland system, um, but the, the map gives you some idea, the map on the next page of its configuration. <coughs> there is also a small tributary to um, the uh, Barefoot Brook, which is located uh, to the to the southwest corner, um, and then there are also some steep slopes um, that 
go through the parcel, there's like a ridge. And you can see that on the next page as well. So the abutting land uses are warehouse and distribution uses to the east. Uh, there is state-owned conservation land to the south. That's owned by the Department of Conservation and Recreation. There are single-family homes, uh, railroad tracks, and the aqueduct to the west. And there's farmland to the north. So uh, as you can see, um, there are uh, quite a bit on the next slide uh, of uh, permanently protected open space um, to the south and to the east. Uh, as I mentioned, um, there is some land that is owned by the Department of Conservation and Recreation. And then over the line in the town of Berlin is a permanently protected open space that is owned by the Conservation Commission in Berlin or it's uh, privately owned land with a conservation restriction on it. Um, so there's quite a large uh, potential to link the aqueduct on the west um, to all of these open space resources to the south and to the east. So then if you turn the page again, uh, some information about this pending sale. So right now this property is enrolled in the Chapter 61A program. Um, so that's essentially a program that gives tax breaks uh, to property owners uh, who are willing to keep their land undeveloped uh, for a specific period of time and for a specific purpose. So the Chapter 61A program um, is for agricultural and horticultural uses. And so uh, not all of the land is enrolled in the program, but if I remember correctly, it's a little bit more than 16 acres. So it's a substantial chunk. So uh, as part of the tax break, uh, there is a lien that is placed on the land. And uh, that gives the town the right of first refusal should the property owner decide to sell the property um, or also convert the property to some sort of industrial, commercial, or residential use. Um, so we have both of those triggers in this circumstance. Not only is the property owner interested in selling the property, but the new property owner is interested in converting it to industrial use. Um, so on December 5th, we received notification of this intent to sell. Um, and part of that notification, which is in your package, um, Howland Development Corporation um, signed a purchase and sale agreement. Uh, they want to purchase the property for $1.7 They want to construct a 40,000 to 60,000 square foot building and they want to convert the parcel to commercial industrial warehouse or distribution purposes um, and they hope to make use of the abutting trail line uh, the trail um, train <laughs> line um, and uh, take advantage of the spur so uh, the right of first refusal gives the town a period of 120 days from the date 
that we received the notice of intent to per uh, sell. And uh, thankfully, the town administrator was able to negotiate an extension, um, which gives us to May 20th, 2024, thankfully, so we wouldn't have to have a special town meeting. So what the right of first re refusal says is that the town has the ability to match a bona fide offer to purchase or the town can assign that right to a, a, another entity uh, like a conservation land trust or the state uh, Department of Conservation and Recreation. So um, there are certain benefits in my mind to the town acting on this right of first refusal. And this was discussed with uh, the board of S the select board um, last Monday, I believe it was. And uh, there were letters that were provided um, from the planning board, the conservation commission, and the open space committee. Um, all of those enti entities unanimously voted to recommend that the town act on this rate. So some of the things that I'd like to call to your attention um, is that open space connection. So as I mentioned, you have the aqueduct there, and then you have all this permanently protected open space. So this would be a fantastic connection between those uh, specific uses. Um, there would be the potential to construct a um, informal parking lot so people could park there and then access the aqueduct. There's also the potential to build more trails on the property itself. As you saw, there is that gravel roadway already. Um, so that uh, provides some good access into the parcel. I did mention the wetland system as well as the stream. So there are some sensitive habitats that are located on the property um, that are hydrologically connected to Barefoot Brook. Um, it preserves some beautiful views. I have not yet been on the property. Uh, we have a site visit planned for next week. Um, but the conservation agent, uh, Vinnie Bignali, has walked the property. And he was remarking about the views from the high point um, towards Boston. So it would serve as a, a good buffer uh, between the industrial uses to the east and the single family homes to the west. Um, a small affordable housing development, uh, so what I was thinking is between four to eight units, uh, could be developed on the property. I understand that the Housing Authority and the NAHC already have projects in the works. Um, so chances are that would be a long-term goal. It's not something that would be done in the short term. Uh, but it would be a possibility. Those projects are going to be built out at some point, so maybe 10 years from that down the line, uh, when the stockpile of funds has accrued again, uh, there would be a great opportunity to do a, a small-scale project here. And the purchase is consistent with the goals and objectives that were articulated in both the two 2020 Master Plan and the Open Space and Recreation Plan. So the next slide. 
uh, potential funding sources for the acquisition. Uh, so if the town were interested in acquiring the land for an undesignated municipal, municipal purpose, um, it could do so um, through municipal appropriation and overlay, could use ARPA funds, or the town could acquire the land for an open space and recreation or affordable housing purpose. Um, and uh, some sources of funds for that are grants. Um, I did reach out to both uh, the Sudbury Valley trustees and the Department of Conservation and Recreation uh, to see if they were interested in acquiring the property themselves um, because of its ecological sensitivity. Um, both of them are very interested. Uh, neither of them said that they could come up with $1.7 million to, to acquire the property themselves. The Sudbury Valley trustees said that they can do some creative um, options, like, for example, they can purchase the property on a short-term basis for the town, hold it, that would give the town the opportunity to uh, apply for grants, and then sell it to the town uh, when the town has the resources to buy it. The negative about that is they're going to charge the town interest during that period of time. Uh, so then uh, the Department of Conservation and Recreation said that they didn't have the resources to buy the entire property, but they may um, be willing to pony up a certain amount of money. And the number that was kicked around was $200,000. Um, and they are also interested in holding the conservation restriction for the town. So uh, we have a site visit, as I mentioned, uh, next week, and uh, representatives from the Department of Conservation and Recreation and the Sudbury Valley trustees are going to be um, accompanying us on that site visit. So the very good sign. Um, the DCR uh, representative told me that she's going to bring this project to her board and she should be able to have an answer for us um, uh, by the first week in April, so in advance of the town meeting. So that's encouraging. So if we were interested in using Community Preservation Act funds, of course you folks are. May I interject oh, one yeah. quick question? Sure. You said that, that SVT could hold the property for us while you apply for grants, but there's no reason that we can't apply for grants while we have ownership of the property, or is there some? There is. Okay. So the way grants work is that you cannot purchase the property and then apply for okay. grants. Right. So there's incentive. You have to, to apply for the grants and then purchase the property. Okay. And it's very cumbersome. So I, I've done that in the past. I um, acquired land with a, the land grant, but it took a solid year. And, and not too many uh, landowners, and I'm sure not this one, would be willing to sit around for a year. We did ultimately get grant funding, um, but it took a really long time. Okay, so there's so, some incentive <coughs> to possibly yeah. to... So a partnership okay. of that type where you know, 
if the town were willing to, to pay the interest for that period of time. And then regardless, uh, the understanding is regardless of whether you get the grant or not, you will buy that property. So it would still have to be, um, you go to town meeting and you still have to get approval for the acquisition. Okay, thank you. So of course you folks know what you have um, available to you. Of course, at the last meeting uh, that you already voted to fully allocate all of the new revenue. So that's the 820,000. Um, we do anticipate that the closing would be in the new fiscal year. So um, after July 1, so new revenue would be available for this project. Um, so the affordable housing reserve, of course, uh, we did receive letters from Rick, I'm sure he's going to speak about it, uh, saying that he doesn't want you to allocate it affordable housing reserve. And there was also an email that I provided to you today from Ray uh, Carlson. The Housing Authority also does not want you to use those funds. Um, and then there's uh, 1060000 in change in unreserved funds. And then there's the potential to bond for future year's CPA revenue. So, of course, I asked um, Tim and Jason, who are far more expert on, uh, you know, how to use those funds um, so that they can speak to you and answer any questions that you might have about what the possibilities are. Great. Hi, Jason. Hi. <laughs> nice to have you back. Yeah, thank you. Why don't you tell us what all these numbers mean? Okay. Um, Please. Well, I, I, if I'm, if I'm, I, I want I'm, I'm new, so it's odd for me to come in here and have such a big ask from a, from a committee and bring it to town meeting. So the board of select, the select board had the hearing they think that this is an appropriate venue to have this funded. So we, we talked before we had that meeting. I didn't want to step on anyone's toes. We want to make the request. And then you know, we brought Jason because he just came back to us from a financial perspective. But you have a lot of options. The community has a lot of options. But as Laurie mentioned, this does align with a lot of things that you have put out in planning purposes to purchase this. We don't want to break the CPA. We, we want to not have the cash starved, so we don't want a lot of debt. So we're looking at a combination of funding opportunities. So that's why Jason's here to help the committee get through those options, whether it's a combination of cash on hand to close for July 1 or thereafter, and then financing some portion of the funds. And if there's, if there's a stomach for that, that's great. If not, then I'll obviously have to <coughs> do this again many more times to find the funding to get it done. But I, I hope we can partner one way or the other for a, a large portion of it. The ask is the one seven. Uh, the first hurdle is the, the legal fees and the um, testing of the sort from the administrative fund. So that's, there's two asks and it's, it's tough for me to be here for 50 days and come in and ask that. So I'm fully aware that it's not, I'm late to the game and I appreciate the consideration. So I just wanted to at least tell you those few things and we're here to help the committee any way we can to make a decision. So thank you. Sorry. Hey, no, 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 but <laughs> thank you, Tim. That's, that's a, a, a 
good introduction to this. Um, well, some exciting things happened since I was gone, so this, this opportunity um, came up. So um, the, I, I uh, drafted a memo to you folks that was uh, intended to just display a couple of the scenarios that, that could be at play for financing the, the 1.7 million. Um, so we tried to capture what if there were no appetite to incur debt for, for this purchase? Um, would it be possible? And you know, with, with the caveat that we would have to use money in the conservation fund that was put for future open space acquisitions, put there from the CPA for that purpose, we would have to use most of that in addition to the um, some of the unreserved fund or some or all of the unreserved fund for the CPA in addition to um, reallocating the contribution to the conservation fund that's coming up for future acquisitions. So um, that option is there. Um, I don't know if there's appetite among the CPC to pursue this and um, you know, use all these funds up front to, to do this without debt. Um, and then there's the other option of financing it with debt. to the PNS, we have to match what the, the buyer and the seller have agreed to in their PNS. So that fifty thousand is due under their agreement to sell it privately. The, 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 sell, the buyer has to pay the fifty thousand upon signing the PNS. So we would have to be in lockstep with that. So that's why that. Uh, it's part of the one point seven. Yeah, it's inclusive of the one point seven. Um, okay, thanks. I was just going to ask. I hadn't heard that before, so. Um, is that refundable if the deal falls through or <coughs> unable to? Well, we're, we're doing due diligence now. We're doing the title and we do the soil. And if we don't, if either one of those are incurable, we wouldn't move forward. And there wouldn't be a signing of payments. So no is the short answer, but we would never sign that if it was ever going to fall through. So your question is, we pay that and we go to town meeting and it's not successful, which is yes, yeah, well, we wouldn't be signing a PNS until we had approval for funding at town meeting. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Right. Thanks. I thought it was like a. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I mean, there is there's a lot of steps. You know, this is one if the funding is in hand. We're simultaneously on dual tracks to make sure the title's clear, make sure right. that the dirt's clean, and then we get approval at town meeting, then we sign the PNS. Give the check for fifty thousand. Then we pick the closing date and pay the rest. And in that window between town meeting and that closing, we got to be the finance or come up with cash for the dealers. Um, can you comment on the PNS itself? To, to what extent uh, you or council has reviewed it? Are you confident it's bona fide, so to speak? Yes, it's, it's confirmed. Bona fide. We have uh, Catherine. 
Fine from KPR is working on our closing. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're working on a number of deals with her. So it's it's to the letter of the law. The thing that frightened me, I, I came from Grafton and we have a, a rail, we have the Grafton up the railroad. When I saw you know, the rail spur possibility, I get nervous because of what I dealt with in Grafton, with the Grafton up the railroad and 320,000 gallons of propane in a residential area because it was abutting the rail. So that's what made, you know, got my attention and then people started asking me questions about my professional experience in Grafton relative to that. Could that happen here? I'm not trying to be an alarmist, but sure. there are preemptions for rail that preempt any, not any at all, but certainly zoning uh, and some conservation. So we're worried about those type of uses in heavy industry. Sure. Well, it's completely consistent with our our open space plan, our town uh, plan to you know preserve open space and, and uh, take it away from development, be it residential development or industrial in this case. You know, there's certainly uh, support for that in Northboro given other uh, growth of industrial buildings and warehouses and so on. So I, I, I trust that that aspect of it would, would have support. It's, it's not the main reason you take away a piece of land, but it's one of them in this case. Um, I want to get some feedback from the, from the perspective of the Open Space Committee, but before I do so, does any member have specific questions for Jason or? Two questions. Tim. Um, first, are we at all concerned that if we buy this property for the 1.7, they just move the project across the street to the guy's other property? Do you know what I'm, you know what I'm getting at? The open mm -hmm. air landfill that's been the problem all along. And if we just buy this one for 1.7, that they just say, okay, now you can buy the other property, and they just put the same thing there. It could happen. Okay. Um, so that's an interesting point. So that was the first question. Yeah. Um, second one was I I saw that we're going straight to physical soil testing. Usually we don't do that unless there's a reason something has happened or some, like a phase one has told us there's a reasonably likelihood of a problem. Is there a phase one done that's actually said that we? It's not a deep site. There's nothing okay. that's ever been built there on record. So the phase one is it's just that, right? Just what was there before. Yeah. So we want a perk test too, because if we are going to do housing down the road, we don't have a sanitary sewer. We want a perk test just to see if you can do that to have all your options. Okay. And another thing is the proximity of the railroad tracks. Okay. Um, so that would be another reason, you know, possibly there could be some contamination that came off. Yeah, I, we've had terrible luck as a community on this. The White Cliffs and then the Senior Center both, I think, were unmitigated disasters, I think. <laughs> That's, okay, thank you. We're going to try and mitigate it. Mitigate this one? Pre-mitigate. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a question probably for Jason. Do you have an idea if if that land were to remain industrial with this proposed development, what type of tax revenue would that generate? We have that. Um, you have that number one? Yeah, Just roughly. I mean, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. Is it significant? Would you I say? That, I know, like, it, it, like the what whatever's developed there uh, plays a big part in in the value. So mm -hmm. I, 
know we ran some. But do we have any idea what standard there. warehouse space is worth? Or yeah, you know, I'll just grab the sheet. I'll turn it on my desk. Okay. Uh, I probably have it right here. Yeah, Amazing. Everyone double, triple glasses? Come on. <laughs> it's a race. Question. Yeah. Wait for Tim to return. I want to come back to your first question. His estimates on value. Uh, so this is uh, based on a 40,000 square foot building. The building value is estimated at $4,515,600. Um, so the total assessed value, including the land value and the building value, would be five million. $970,900 for a 50,000 square foot building. It would be $6,825,300 for a 60,000 square foot building. It would be $7,679,700. So that's on the cost side. Then the income value, building of 40,000 square feet, the tax amount would be $80,449.62. 50,000 square foot building would be $100,562.02. And a 60,000 square foot building would be $120,674 dollars and 43 cents. That answers that question. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And Lori, I'm sure he's printing that out for you. So. <laughs> Those buildings can fit in here under the zoning? Has that been looked at? Or is it preempted because of this rail issue? You know, it's a, it's a big parcel. It's 23.77 acres a lot of, of water, land. Though. So, of course, I haven't seen a survey that identifies the configuration of wetlands and the exact extent of the wetlands. But I, I imagine that that size building could fit. Warehousing doesn't typically require a huge amount of parking spaces. <coughs> it will require some. Um, but it is amazing what they could do if they feel that there is sufficient value. Mm -hmm. um, if you look at Northboro Crossing, for example, um, huge retaining walls. I'm sure a huge amount of blasting took place to accommodate that shopping center. And there are many examples. FedEx is another example. Okay. So where there's a will, there's a way. Okay. I found it. Okay, I'll just, uh, hand, I'll just hand them out. Yeah, you, great. The source is Lee. Yeah, so, so that's from the assistant assessor, Lee. Looks like you're getting two copies because I cannot pull them. <laughs> <laughs> if you can do that, you can share that with me. All right, thank you, Sean. We sure, we sure did. Share some sure paper. What is, what is the assessed value of the land right now? 
I believe it's around a million. Um, well, remember, oh, right now million. it's being taxed at this chapter. It's agricultural use. So it's lower. So it's not being taxed as oh, there it is. industrial use. So if you were to look at the land value for the 40,000 square foot building, it kind of gives you an idea of uh, what it would be right. if it were. I see it. Yeah. Okay. Used for industrial purposes. We can send the field guide for this process. Straight away afterwards. You will see it's very low mm -hmm. because of that 16 acres that's in the 61A program. Yeah, I, I, I remember a resident brought up during the select board meeting, quoted a figure, and then if you, he probably went to the town records, and if you mm -hmm. click the property card and you look deep, it's, it states some number, and that was something that came up. I, I forget the context in which he brought it up. Uh, I, I wanted to come back to the first question that Todd posed to, to you, Tim, and that was about, you know, could he just sell the other land? Um, the, the whole nature of the relationship with ANZA and that possibility could be a major objection that comes up at that town meeting. Um, you know, it's been raised a bit and, you know, they, people see some benefit in preserving this land, but others have stated they don't, don't want to give the guy any money. And uh, it would be disastrous if, in fact, the same thing occurred. So do you have any inkling that you could uh, discuss during more negotiations with this owner and or his counsel uh, to sort of give confidence that that's not going to happen? No, I mean, I cannot predict our guess. We can ask and try to have a conversation about what his future plans are for that side. I can tell you that we have a multi-pronged approach in litigation relative to that parcel. So, and there was one denial already given on that parcel for service to expand, is that correct? So there's, there's other controls in place, if you will, to keep that from being developed inappropriately. I'm, I mean, I'm already on record for kind of supporting doing this. I just want to be clear that that's a risk that yeah. you're no, going to do this, and he's just. Yeah, I wanted to flush it out a little bit. I, I don't right. think there is anything anybody could do no. to prevent that. No, the, I mean, it's private property, so if he ultimately wants to sell it to somebody who's going to do something nasty on it, um, it's zoned industry. Yeah. So right. as long as it's an allowed use, then he could. You're trying to mitigate a second that use that'll be more detrimental to the, to the neighborhood of a section of the Community. It's weird to say that you want to preserve it for open space. Well, truly, in its simplest form of this question is uh, if, if the same type of PNS comes up for 429 after town meeting is approved, us buying this one, um, you know, we, we'd be back in the same place. The town would anyway. What, what do we do about that? So it's, mm -hmm. it's an interesting proposition. If you believe that. And I have no knowledge of the owner. I don't live, I'm not in a butter. I, I know that there's a somewhat adversarial relationship already in, in court and so on, so I'm not going there. But given all of that, you know, uh, do you have any confidence that, you know, 
it wouldn't happen right away. So it's a valid question. I just is 429 chapter land is, or not? Some, some of the I'm sorry, what was is 429 chapter land? So let's say that did happen. Would we have right of first refusal again? And that has access to the rail as well? Well, we haven't looked at that I, parcel. You know, it's next to it. They said that the spur is on this parcel. Now, I don't know what it takes to get a spur, so maybe it's possible that they could get another spur on the other parcel. Um, but I heard that this, this parcel is attractive because the spur needs this. Just a matter of using It's, not, it's just simply not good. There's no good solution, but it stems the course. I'm, I'm willing to move on from the question. I yeah. just thought it was a valid point to, to uh, bounce around a little bit. It's a terrifying point. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, that I'm concerned about this parcel as opposed to the other parcel, which also has weapons on it. So I'm not going to say it doesn't have weapons, but the proximity to Barefoot Brook. This parcel and its wetland system is closer to Barefoot Brook than the other parcel and their wetland resources. So that's a concern. So as you know, I represent the Open Space Committee on this committee, and Open Space Committee has become the sponsor of this new application. So I wanted to share some of the feelings that Open Space Committee members expressed. We had a meeting on Monday, uh, and we had met in December at, uh, at the time, and that uh, resulted in a letter of support. On Monday, uh, we had another vote and, and supported uh, a letter of support for this application. And um, the consensus among the Open Space members was that very much in favor of, of uh, buying the property, and that very much in favor that the conservation funds that we have accumulated with CPA money at town meeting, approved the town meeting for open space purchases, should be utilized for this, because that's what we've been saving it for. And so um, I agree, personally, it's a good point, but it, um, it comes with some requirements. As I understand it, if we are to utilize that money for the purchase, we need to identify uh, somehow map the property so we identify what portion, uh, presuming the majority of it is to be preserved, and establish its value so that we can prove its value is at least as much as the CPA open space money that we would be using. So, uh, you know, round numbers, we have 664 in the conservation fund that was designated by open space, uh, uh, excuse me, by CPA. Um, and we already voted on a measure to put $350,000 more into the conservation fund, uh, part of which would come from new revenue and part of which was going to come from the unreserved fund. Um, Further, the Open Space Committee stated that 
they are willing to, uh, in essence, waive that application so that any combination of new revenue and the conservation funds can be put towards this project. So put that on the table and just think about we have the 664 and conservation fund. We have um, the 213, uh, what's that say, 218,000 uh, of the application approval that was going to come from new revenue and we're up to uh, 880 something um, and then the remainder just kind of think of it in the bucket of the unreserved fund so um, we haven't committed that new revenue yet whereas the 664 we, we definitely have um, so I, I've asked uh, in, in email and I'm bringing it up again tonight that uh, if that was a path that we took, um, does the town have the means to dig in and get that assessment done? Uh, that, that appraisal done, I should say. Uh, and the appraisal being structured in a way that we're, uh, if we follow the application, we're going to discuss that further, but <coughs> we're going to try to leave the possibility of some land to be developed for future housing. And, you know, few of us have walk the property, none of us have mapped the property really, so we don't really know yet what we don't know, but uh, would we have the ability to do that in a, you know, relatively short amount of time? The appraisal part, I mean. If that were the will of the, the CPC, we would definitely uh, figure it out. Work that out. Um, so, I, I wanted the members to, to know where we stood on that, that Basically, we've been given the flexibility to uh, rescind and, and repurpose our new revenue if we want, and that uh, Open Space Committee thinks we should use the conservation funds that they essentially sponsored to be put in there in the first place. for the 664 portion? Is that what you meant to say? Or? Correct. Yeah. I mean, if, you, if, you were, if you're doing that, it would, it would be avoiding some of the debt that were laid out in the, in the final, in the second scenario with 30 years of debt. I'm going to cut to the chase with a personal opinion. I think that the voters might not want to go into debt again from CPA while we're still paying down the whitelist debt and uncertainty about future revenues will be there and so on. Um, we have a potential for CPA projects in the future. We always do. But there's a part of me that feels like uh, between the conservation fund and the accumulation in the unreserved fund, which has been sort of the result of uh, after state matches, good news, you know, unused administrative fund, good news. Um, and then, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, uh, applications we couldn't proceed with or didn't receive for affordable housing from the Housing Authority and, and obviously the, the White Coast proposal. So that left our balance above a million in the savings account, if you will, is un uncommitted. Um, so 
there's a part of me that thinks uh, we, we have the savings and it technically could be purchased with those funds. Um, Lori's news that DCR might contribute something just seems like found money to me that, you know, would be a bonus that you don't necessarily expect. Can I just ask James, did you, I know you ran a scenario from a bad service. What, what is the annual payment on the million bucks as far as you have that? I don't know if you did that level. Um, <clears throat> well, on the, the, uh, the, you know, if, if it was one and a half million dollars so over 30 years, I think the debt service payment was $121,000 in the high year. So for one town, how many do we have? We got eight, 15 revenues for, for all of them. Expected revenue has pretty much gone up every year, right? Correct. Through either. Is it still 25% from the state match, or is that variable every year? It's variable. We've averaged some 30 something percent. Yeah, it, it, it varies. I mean, the, the, the state has made supplemental appropriations into the trust fund in order to fund higher distributions, but yeah, it's, it's generally about 25%. So does that want the 820 that, that, that doesn't. So that 110 isn't the. It's offset by 30% of whatever, whatever you get from the state. Yeah, the, 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 the 110 would obviously fulfill whatever CPA you know, of debt service would fulfill whatever CPA threshold for whichever purpose this fulfills. And it sounds like it's, worth, it's going to be the majority of which is going to be open space. Again, like the the burden on the <clears throat> on the fund would be about one hundred twenty one thousand dollars for the first few years of the, of the debt uh, as it begins to decline. For if you if you issue thirty years of debt, I hope that that answers. Well, we could run it at twenty twenty five. Correct. Yeah. I, I know assessments aren't the same as appraisals to so change back to the first point. <clears throat> you know, Lee, when I you know have a big. Big fan of figuring out what the taxes could be, like on this sheet here. But I also have some developable land per acre cost for Northborough between 275 and 325. So just a simple math on the 27 acres, it's 75,000 bucks an acre. So you, I, I can say in 99% confidence that you're going to reach the threshold for the valuation component. We just have to. Either rely on the assessment piece or get an appraiser to tell us that. Yeah, I agree with you. It was more the the time frame and the mechanism. Uh, yeah. We have to get an appraiser involved. There's some cost in that. And we have historically uh, funded that with our admin fund, which is uh, applicable in this case, since we have a you know we have business, we have a project. We've been going over this question a couple times and. What can we use the admin fund for? And, and uh, the simple definition from our guide at the coalition steward is, you know, make sure it's the business of your committee and you're not taking outside requests. So our business in this case is how do we uh, get the information we need to bring the application to town meeting should we decide to do so? Yeah, we, 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 I mean, obviously we would look into the vendors that we've worked with in the past for, for appraisals and the, for, for this purpose. You think it's reasonable that we something could be done in a month's time or something? Yeah. In your experience? Yeah. Yeah. 
John. it's reasonable. So, oh, you know, I want to open it up to everybody else. Please uh, start kicking in your own two cents. So, if the the no debt option, so to speak, would use all of our unreserved or unallocated reserves that we've built up for the last few years. Well, pretty much. Really, um, if you look at the numbers in whole, as I mentioned, um, six sixty four in the conservation fund. Uh, 218 of new revenue that we were going to use for the conservation fund. Right. And uh, then you have a million sixty in the unreserved fund. So we have, uh, it, you'd have a, a balance of north of 200,000 left over. Okay. And that would be your, your new unreserved fund, if you will. So, so the scenario John's talking about is just trade about trading $200,000 from the fund, which um, I didn't include in this scenario, that the, the scenario here left about 200000 in the conservation fund versus leaving it in the unreserved fund. So it's, we're getting there the same, getting to the same total just from you right. You the same way, yeah. Yep. You know, we could make a case to uh, keep the balance in the conservation fund. Uh, I, I will say that, as I said, open space is sponsored the conservation fund amounts, conservation commission is you know, bought into that. Um, conservation commission submitted a letter of support, and as I say, the open space members were. Uh, no one said, uh, you know, we should leave a little bit in there. They're kind of like, you know, we saved for this. Right. This is a viable piece. It meets uh, as good a criteria as several others that we have spent conservation fund money on. So. Um, and there's a confidence that the town has an appetite to replenish it in the future. So, uh, you know, nobody was afraid to spend what had been saved. Right. I, I'm personally supportive of, the, of uh, doing this for open space. I'm concerned having no reserves at all for um, affordable housing going forward since there are some big projects coming forward. So that's my only reservation. I think it's valid, except it's kind of like... Uh, Why bother borrowing bonding against right. the savings, we'll call it, a million bucks, if you have it now when you know you can do it as a future mechanism for another project? Right. So if, uh, if the affordable housing project was to come, come before us and we don't have enough new revenue, we could bond for it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a certain part of me that almost think that's more logical. Right. You're, you're building a house, so to speak. So, and as the first thing I said, I, I, we've been going to town meeting now six years, seven years, getting them to vote for the bond payment, you know, on White Cliffs, and uh, there's always open questions about where do we go with White Cliffs. It, it's unknown yet. Hmm. Making slow progress towards the process to get more definition around what what that might mean. Uh, I just feel like it's one or two or three years ahead where we might be asked to, uh, what more CPA money could go toward that. We know that, but uh, there's many other things that have to be, have to be dealt with before we get to that point. So, um, this project is in front of us now, right. you know what I mean? Yep. But I, I share your concern. Yeah, I'm in favor of not borrowing either. I mean, I feel like we're being forced to do this. It isn't like a fun thing. 
I don't really want to have to vote on this for the next 10 years as like a reminder <laughs> of this exercise. So, I, yeah, I was kind of to my same point. Yeah. Because then next town meeting, I, we'd be presenting two things that were paying a bond yeah. down. Yeah, I just sort of don't want to overuse the mechanism that we didn't have. And I, and I agree. If there's an affordable housing project, we should bond that because that is a good thing. And we would look forward to that. I think we got to keep remembering that the, the, the new revenue uh, FY26 is likely to be just as high. Um, you know, we're not we're not sitting on any other big potential application or phase two of any other program that we have to pay into, right? So we come back in theory, uh, we'd have that same 800. We'd have uh, a minimum. Uh, Bond payment again on White Cliffs, something less, 150, let's just say, and then we'd have to we'd have to deal with our 10% minimums, but uh, we'd have a lot of new revenue to work with. We had two more years on White Cliffs. Two after this town uh, meeting, I believe, if I got that right. Yeah, two after this one. <laughs> so, is it safe to say we're looking at this now as strictly open space and? Because clearly housing is last year. No, they don't seem to be in approval. So uh, no, but I'm gonna and Rick. You can pick it if you want, but this is what I understand the position of the NAHC and the Housing Authority backing them. Uh, there's a reserve of 279,000 in the CPA account. Um, at, at, at one time, it was we were talking about in, at the last meeting. We were talking in broad strokes. Yeah. Might there be the potential to put some um, affordable housing here? Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the NHC and the Housing Authority are never not in favor of a program to increase affordable housing. But they believe the best use of the reserves is on the potential for shorter-term things that are more, you know, potentially in the back. Another Boundary Street property that we've spoken of before, uh, and then uh, there's uh, they had notified us by the email today. We think next year's CPA cycle, they may come back and try to expand at Village Drive again. Yeah. Uh, so that they're only stating that they would rather that that resource, you know, be maintained, and that, I think that's clear. And in addition, uh, they would rather we don't uh, uh, backtrack on our previous yeah. vote to provide money uh, to the NAHC in reserve, if you will, under town agreement, increasing. NAHC's resources for exactly the same reasons. True. Fair enough. So, uh, ha having said that, the, the, the way the application reads is still that there's a potential to, to, to uh, put some housing someday on a part of this land that we, and if we could do it, and by the way, I forgot to mention that uh, open space and their support, and then the letter that I think Vinny uh, authored, wants to make clear that if some portion was carved out for housing, be it short-term or long-term, that it does not impact in any way the protection uh, purposes of the land and the connect connectivity opportunity, trails opportunity. You know, you wouldn't want to put the, the housing development uh, right down in front of the wetlands or something, you know. Yeah. So uh, should that be possible, then uh, that's fine. Is that yeah, I just get the sense it seems to be more of an open space project. And, yeah. I, and I'm fine with that, too. I think that it is clearly, you know, I mean, it's 20 acres of it, let's just say, are going to be 
at, at least open space. I, I, yeah. This is the kind of the, the gray area that we're in, and we, we haven't had time to find right. it and map it, but right. we, we're making a, uh, in the application, Lori's making an assumption, four to eight units, it's a smallish building, it's, you know, it's not that many acres, and could that be positioned in a way that leaves all the open space benefits intact? I guess in a way too, if we, does that bind us to ultimately putting housing here instead of using the housing resources somewhere else? Or is it just an option? It well, would, can, I, uh, can I speak to that? Yeah, sure. That speaks to the concern I think we have. Yeah. That the potential here is to use a certain amount of community preservation, affordable housing money for the acquisition of this property and that affordable housing never gets built. Either because a project doesn't present itself, or when a project does present itself, either through uh, the necessary permitting that have to happen through the land use boards, or through community objection to developing open space housing, that the funding doesn't become provided in the future to provide the actual building of the housing. So when we thought about that, and we got some information from the Community Preservation Coalition that John got through, Stewart was sent back to us, that in those instances, when there were successful multiple-use projects where some open space money was used and some affordable housing money was used, the projects were successful either when the, opens, when the affordable housing project was developed and presented as part of the proposal at the beginning, where it was clear how many units were going to be built, where they were going to be sited, and how much they were going to cost, and when the proposal went for approval, it was approved as both a defined affordable housing project and an open space preservation. Everybody knew where on the parcel the open space was going to be, where the affordable housing was going to be, how much money was going to cost to build the housing, and how much it was going to cost to preserve the land. There was an example of a project that was successful that way. There was another successful project where unreserved community preservation funds were used to acquire the property. Then after the fact, the proper people got together, divided up the land, and then presented a proposal as to how much was going to be open space and how much was going to be um, affordable housing. There were instances, though, like we're talking about here, where there was some future undefined affordable housing use mentioned, and housing was never built. And so, in fact, the affordable housing money went to preserve open space. And if, in fact, this land is acquired using affordable housing money, and it eventually, at the beginning, looks like one big open space project, my sense is that a combination of the current feeling in the town, which is not all in favor of affordable housing development, and is in favor of open space preservation, that there's a possibility that people will say, why are we building affordable housing in this open space? Even though we may have defined when this goes before a town meeting this year that some open space money is being used, there really isn't a guarantee that the open space will be developed. In the meantime, the Housing Corporation is sitting on the evaluation of two fairly significant projects for which we'll probably make application for one or both this fall to this committee 
to build affordable housing that we know what it's going to look like and where it's going to be and when it's going to be done. And so um, if in fact the affordable housing money, some of the affordable housing money we have is not reserved and is spent on this project, we're going to come back and be looking for more. Right, right now there's about $360,000 in funds reserved for NHC. And there's a warrant article that we appreciate you're going to present that's going to increase that to 500,000. That 500,000 won't be sufficient to support probably the Boundary Street project with Habitat and certainly not sufficient to support the uh, Housing Authority project. So we'll be looking for money in excess of that. And if the answer is, well, then we can bond that, my concern is, once again, with the short-term feeling in town not completely in favor of affordable housing, that there, there might be more appetite to bond an open space acquisition than there might be to bond an affordable housing acquisition. And so we could discover that, in fact, the affordable housing projects can't fly because the bonding issue of that you know, may not make it as easily as a bonding issue in open space. So there's a lot of different, and a lot of this comes back to just the fact that our experience has been with the White Cliffs being a good example, that there doesn't seem to be a lot of support in town right now for development of affordable housing. And if we can do small projects, one or two units here or there, and work with the CPC and the select board to use the money that's reserved on our behalf, we've been successful. But there's a concern about going to town meeting on a large affordable housing project uh, without sufficient funding and getting that approved. So these are kind of all the things that came up in discussion at the Housing Corporation. You're speculating a bunch, no disrespect, but I, uh, I don't want to overstep it. Um, and I want to use the example you just gave where if you say uh, the Community Preservation Coalition had a couple of examples of projects, one of which you said your words were, uh, they used unreserved funds and then they got together after and decided for sure, you know, this is what we're going to do. I don't see much difference in the potential here that uh, significant of our unreserved funds are used for the purchase and we're outlining within it that we have a desire that a small portion could be used for a small affordable housing project. You just stated the obvious that we've been successful in town getting the small stuff approved Unfortunately, the bigger stuff not yet, but um, so this seems to be of that scale of the smaller things that are doable. And um, I, I know that you want to make sure you beat the drum loud enough that don't take the affordable housing reserve. And that you know point is clear and I think valid. You know? And please don't uh, uh, backtrack on your commitment to the NHC. And I think that points valid. So beyond those two things, I, I think you're speaking to the other unreserved funds that in your mind thinking that that's, that's a potential pot for the next project. And I don't blame you. That's what you advocate for. But just as we were speaking about before, I, I don't know that it's valid to say that the town's more willing to borrow for the open space than the the affordable housing. I, I, I get where you're coming from, but I, I'm not sure that we should be speculating too much in the future and, and dealing more with, with what's here. So, Well, I, th I think that if, in fact, the proposal is to use 
some of the money reserved for open space preservation through what's in the conservation fund and unreserved um, CPA money to make this acquisition. And if the money that's currently held in the affordable housing reserve, not reserved for NHCs, but just other money that's accumulated over time, is not used towards the purchase of this property, then I think the Housing Corporation supports that 100%. And we'll be back trying to spend hopefully the 500000 that will be on our reserve. And one thing I think I just want to be clear on is there's been talk about 279000 being the additional funds of unreserved, of reserved uh, affordable housing money, not reserved for NHC. But the math that I've done has that number at about 305000 You know, if in fact uh, 305000 because there's some unused money from prior war articles that wasn't spent. So the 279, I think, comes from the, the last four years, the 10% for affordable housing was never allocated. And that adds up to about $279,000. And then there was about another 26 or 27,000 that came from the demolition of the old senior center that wasn't spent. And a little bit less than $1,000 from the project we did on center that wasn't spent. So I think the number Beyond what's reserved in HC, I think is three hundred five thousand. Not that's a lot more than right. two seventy nine. So, so, yeah, yeah. so the, the two hundred seventy nine thousand that, that keeps getting brought up. That, that's what's in the affordable housing reserve, the CPA reserve that's formally in that fund. Um, there are things that don't get come before the committee that the, the articles that have already been approved for affordable housing corporation as well as the. Those, those aren't being considered or talked about right now. I, I know you've, you've talked about them a number of times from what you were talking about, but that, that's not what the, the CPC was considering tonight with, as a funding source for this. But to the extent that we presented an affordable housing project that needed funding beyond our own NEHC fund, those additional funds would be available to be used with town meeting approval for affordable housing. The, the, two, the 200. of what the balance is not not really critical for the discussion right right, right. but we, we are I just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing mm -hmm. because the, the, there were some ideas that were being thrown around initially when it was talked about this being used for affordable housing or open space and the, the um, yes the $280,000 reserve for 279863 reserve was brought up but then it was dropped really relatively quick it's not suggested right now So well, that's, that's, that's my main point. That's not true. Yeah, I just think we fully support any decision to acquire this. Your point is, is duly noted, I, and you, you've articulated it well, and uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, but I think we, you know, I think we get it. I think we're talking about not touching that uh, reserve you know, at this point. But um, the question that keeps coming up, and Stuart Saginaw has tried to define it, but just hypothetically, if the application goes forth as it's written, and we're talking about some portion of the land, it's a small percentage. Let me just say it's 10%, just to put a number out there <coughs> for purposes of discussion. If it's, and if it's a, 
a $1.7 million purchase, you know, I, I, I wonder if we can just say 170,000 of it, uh, it is going to be called uh, an affordable housing number in terms of what we designate under CPA. We've already met the, we'll already be meeting the minimum by the article we already voted to approve for the NAHC's money, right? And so the portion would be coming for sure from the unreserved funds. And in the guidance from Stuart, he, I think he's saying if you do that, you can make the decision later exactly what the acreage is and how you designate the value. So that uh, the only thing that we're required to do, because we're acquiring the property, is that if the open space uh, conservation fund money is used, we've got to establish that value and just prove that. We don't think it's going to be a problem. You know, that we'll be far above that. So, um, and, 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 I, and I have no problem with using the unreserved money and making a statement as part of the presentation of the article that some of this land could be used for affordable housing in the future, the way it's going to be defined. Yeah, so let me ask you the question. If the article came up like that, and a small portion, and we, we agree it's, you know, just a percentage or whatever, and it, we, we are, as a CPC, we're saying we're, we're designating this to be possibly used for a project. You're always looking for an opportunity for another property, right? So uh, wouldn't you be in favor of that opportunity sitting there as long as it doesn't cut into your other opportunities? We're talking about a, a piece of the money uh, that's a low percentage of the total. I think all I'm hearing you say is, if I had my druthers, I'd leave it in the unreserved fund because I know when I come back to you next year, no, that's not you'll what have saying. more to come from. My only druthers are leaving the 279 alone. I wasn't clear tonight whether that decision had been made or not. If the decision had been made yep. not to use the 279 to acquire this property. That point's clear. And not to use the other Warren article money that's going to increase our fund to 500000 clear. I'm all for this. Okay. <laughs> the thing I was trying to protect was the Warren article and the 279. Beyond that, I know anything else we propose, we're going to have to decide how we can do it, when we can do it, and where the money is coming from. Don't get me concern. wrong. You've been, you've been doing this for more years than me, and your, your sense of what, might, uh, 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 what obstacle might come up at town meeting is very valuable. You might be right, but uh, I, I think the way the application is written, and uh, just that we're, there's something about the dual use of it that's attractive to me. Mm -hmm. uh, that it, it, it gives a little different value to this piece of land that, um, it's not the prettiest uh, open space acquisition that we've made, you know. It, it's, got, it's got its drawbacks even though it has its benefits. But the, the aspect that it has some dual use, I feel like it brings value to it. Now, I get five other members are here. Does anybody see it? The opposite or different? No, absolutely. I agree wholeheartedly. I agree wholeheartedly. Another question slightly off. So, Jason, in your memo, you say that the majority of the cash needed in the transaction is required in the next fiscal year. Correct. And we talked about needing to pay $50,000. I was just looking at the contract. It says the time of performance is two years. Would the intent be to, to buy it this summer completely? Yeah, I, I believe that the, the majority of the cash, what that meant was that we had to The contract. The original, yeah, yep. for, for the contract. This, this fiscal year, 
approving the current and we would we would do that after town meeting approves the any article the and would the balance of the money be paid this year as well or would it be the, delayed well, this calendar year it would be august i think is, is okay. when the closing would happen okay so, so that's what i meant that that would open up the possibility of using the, the next year's revenues in order to fund the purchase it's not possible to to purchase it it's the contract and i haven't read the whole contract it's kind of long but it says the time of performance is two years which i'm assuming because they were going to develop it am i missing that i'm Mr. sorry Chairman, it, there's two things that like one is the state law that requires us to take action yeah so it's it it supersedes the contract that the buyer and seller have okay unless we get agreement from the seller okay. to extend that duration but our intent is to close July, August 1st, whatever okay. that first time frame is. Thank you. Just want me to take ownership of it and do the next thing and hopefully get some money back from BCR and so forth. Okay. Thank you. I have one. You can help me on this. Is there any, I think of uh, affordable housing or low-income housing, is, it, is there a sense or a stigma that we just slap a couple units in between a couple factories and people are okay with that? Or do you, do you think it's better to melded into a neighborhood in other words it for affordable housing do you think it, it just doesn't seem like the great location for it to me if i'm a homeowner do you get that sense when you have projects in mind um there's a couple of ways to answer that question there's a lot of ways to do it i think i could be my, my sense right now is the preference of most of the people in town is to not uh, build low-income housing in existing neighborhoods, but to put it in an area that's sort of more by itself. So the creation of more affordable housing on existing housing authority property, or what's going on down on Boundary Street, or some of the things like that, seem to be more palatable at this kind this time. And so we typically look for parcels um, that you know are reasonably attractive as far as where they're located. Uh, but don't necessarily are, are right in the middle of the neighborhoods. My preference would be the next step would be as we look at the revitalization of downtown and we start to look at the possibility of a combination of commercial and retail on lower floors and, and uh, residential on higher floors of buildings. That would be an excellent opportunity to look at some affordable housing, you know, right in the downtown area, which I think a lot of towns have been successful doing. So in a commercial district like that, a downtown district, it would make sense kind of on the outskirts of town would probably make sense also. Um, probably not so much integrating it into existing residential neighborhoods. And once again, I think the Whitecliffs situation was pretty clear about, you know, that abutted a fairly uh, established residential neighborhood and neighbors were completely opposed to having any affordable housing built on the Whitecliffs property. And that, among other things, you know, sort of finished that proposal. Anyway, but just to get back to, I would think that um, given the fact that unreserved money and open space money is going to be used to acquire the property, it was made clear at town meeting there was the potential in the future to develop some affordable housing on the property, and that was a goal of doing it. That would be helpful so that in the future, when a project was presented, it just didn't sort of come out of the blue that everybody thought this was going to be 27 acres of open space. And so all of a sudden, we're going to put some housing on it. So I think it'd be good to bring that up, that it, it yeah. has the potential to be a dual-use project. If that was the case, it, 
know, it needs to be presented correctly, as you just said, to, to avoid the speculation that, wait a minute, what are you telling us that you might build out the whole property? You know, that, I think it's, it is, it is number one, two and three, it's an open space preservation project, you know. Uh, and I, I think it, I think you're right, it could, it could stand on those merits alone. If, um, if the use of unreserved funds allows us that flexibility, even if we loosely define it, then uh, I don't see much downside to it. I just, that's kind of where my head's at. But yeah, I don't see that either. Yeah. That fits one of the examples that Stuart sent us. There was one very successful project that acquired the land exactly that way with unreserved money and then figured out where the open space is going and where the affordable house is going after the fact. I think what I'd like to get more guidance on is if, if that was the way it was to go, what are our requirements? If town meeting approved it, what are our requirements in, in CPA world? You know, do we have to give it a designation? Usually you have to report uh, all of our approved warrants and what category they're in, right? And, and so we've got to put some definition to it at some point. But. Well, we need to report on our 10% <coughs> threshold to being met. Typically met them every year, yeah. so we don't need to report back what we use the unreserved for in the future. Good. Okay. Although Stuart did mention in that email that there was one town that had not decided what the restrictions were on the they did it that way. They used unreserved money, and they had he said they were out of conformance with some regulation that so much time had gone by, and they still hadn't put the restrictions on the property. So at some point, there's a requirement to do that, but mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the time frame is. Well, when it comes to the open space property, we, we need to put a conservation restriction on it. And so you'd be required to lay out at that point which acres are we talking about. Exactly. You know, and uh, we, we've met that requirement for all of the land purchases that we've done with CPA money. I guess that would be where, you're, you know, where you'd be required to nail it down at that point in time. Right. Because you wouldn't want that on the part that's going to become affordable housing. Yeah, you know, and I guess it, it doesn't preclude future people in the future committee saying, gee, we never did anything on those three acres. We'll put it into the conservation restriction too, you know. Sure. Or, gee, we got these three acres and it, it's still available. Should we find a way to build affordable housing? Right. Once again, as long as we just use unreserved money to do that, then it's not a problem do whatever we want. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So I just want to make sure I understand if we do it this way, we do not have access to grant money. Um, so you would still... I'm not sure I see an alternative. I just want to make sure I understand. You still have the DCR money. The 200000 possible. So, uh, my understanding of how that works is they would come to the closing with the $200,000 check. So it wouldn't be a reimbursement. It would be an outright contribution payout. to the purchase. Okay. Thanks. That much less than right. we'd be spending, which would be better yeah. for our reserve. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that the mechanics of that, too, I think we would know whether this grant award was coming by In this memo, I laid out a, a, a method to, you know, to, to 
reserved, but I think that would move to Parkview, but I mean, that would be good news. Lloyd, from what you know of grants available, you know, and if time weren't an object, what potential would there really be for something like this? So the grants that I would be interested in applying for are the ones that are offered by the Division of Conservation Services. And actually, the grant deadline was just a couple of weeks ago. So we'd have to wait another whole year um, to apply for that money. And then <coughs> usually the turnaround time is as much as six months before you hear from the date of application to the date of award. So that would delay at least a year. Why do you think your DCR contact even offered the possibility of that money? Are they sitting on a little They're pot sitting on a little pot of money. <laughs> they have to spread it entirely um, across the state. So they can't just, you know, it's, it's in the neighborhood of $3 million. Um, so, and it wouldn't act like a typical grant. So that there wouldn't be like a formal application process. And so she would just speak with her board and then they would vote. And then we would know whether we have the money or not. So that site visit is key. So it's fair to say that opportunity is much more plausible than grants. And I think your question is, this opportunity that SCT buys it right. and folds it out, and you know, which is pretty complicated. Right. But if it doesn't, you know, if it's really not netting, if there's not like a humongous right. grant opportunity exactly. for a million dollars to each town, and this is more, it's just really interesting that they gave you that answer. Mm. And they're interested in holding the CR, you said. They are. On top of it. Yeah. yeah. Would they do that for free? <laughs> I would think that their contribution would go towards, uh, that would pretty much be paying for this. CR. help, because CRs are expensive, aren't they? These are like 100000 at least. Well, that's more the, the commitment for stewardship, you know? Okay. Which if you're, if you're SBT, no disrespect to them, but they make a case for what it costs for the stewardship. Right. Uh, and then if you're DCR, then your taxes are paying them. So Already. Maybe it's better to look at well, they also have a vested interest, because remember, they own the abutting parcel right. to the south. Yeah, right. So they want, uh, you know, I, I think that they were very concerned about what this parcel could be and mm -hmm. how that would impact the, the land that they own and the quality of the water. That's great. 200,000 is a nice chunk. Um, okay, well, members, uh, Anybody got any input on the process, the mechanism that we should or shouldn't propose? By the way, Todd, before I let you go. Uh, I get to go? No. <laughs> I have to say, before I let you speak, oh. <laughs> not that you were going to speak, but uh, you represent the Conservation Commission on this board. Um, can you speak to their support for using the con fund money? In, in essence, our process in town is that con com and open space both sign off. I mean, they, they voted unanimously to to proceed to recommend purchasing it, so I can't imagine they wouldn't then also recommend to use the money. Thank you. I'll put that on the record.
and clarify one more thing. Uh, I think you said it already. In theory, we can use some new revenue because uh, we're going to close. You could postpone the closing until July 1, so it will be available. So once again, the you know, open space folks were like, uh, no, by, by all means, think of the previous application amount, the 350. Think of that as going toward this, uh, not separate from it. So we we would have to uh, move to uh, remove support for that application and apply it to this one. I happen to have the figures, if you're interested, that you've been discussing. So it would be, be um, if you want me to say them. <laughs> One moment. Um, Millie, got any words of wisdom? No, it's just a lot to take in, and I think there's a lot of things to consider. So um, just want to make sure we have all the information we need to make sure that we are fairly dispersing the funds. From a you know, planning board perspective, do you, do you think it aligns with master plan? Town goals and so yeah, on? I do, definitely do. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see the affordable housing parts of it come in as well as so maybe the mixed use is that mixed funding, um, but obviously don't want to take away from projects that we already have approved. Um, but I also feel that. You know, if we had to bond something, uh, it's easier to do that and vote for that specifically than it is to say, well, we don't know what we're going to be voting for and then have it switch. I think that was an issue with, with what happened with White Cliffs is that it was voted for by the town, but with under historical and cultural and then, you know, the affordable housing part of it that was, was proposed was a bit of a, a shift in what people felt. So that's fair. Yeah, and what they paid for. So whether you wanted it or not, I felt that they might have thought, well, we didn't vote for that. But I think right. voting for affordable housing yeah. mixed would be very approachable. That's fair. And, you know, the opportunity of Whitecliffs came up in a similar emergency yep. fashion. Yep, a and, thousand percent, uh, yeah. You know, we went to town meeting speaking that we didn't know all the answers. Uh, but the, you know, the passion of people to preserve it was what won the day at that time. So yep. that's still there, and I'm sure that the town will manage it somehow. But I, you know, it kind of comes back to what I was speaking about earlier. Is uh, I feel like because we have the reserves we have and, and resources, we've been diligent about saving up. That you act on what's in front of you, knowing that we have the same mechanisms and, and flexibility next year, the year after, the year after. Mm -hmm. Because uh, Northborough is lucky to have CPA, so that's kind of how I feel about it. I, I have a little concern on the, most of our tax revenue comes from homeowners, mm -hmm. and we always think of ways of increasing commercial development to ease that burden. I, I think it's what, over 80% of our money comes strictly from homeowners. Is that, well, is that accurate? Oh, yeah. So I, I, I'm trying to think how this looks at town meeting that we're taking industrial land off the rolls 
And then I, then Stuart Sagar said, there's some state pushback on communities that, in effect, do that, take viable land off and just say that just because it's almost a, a form of, of uh, snob zoning, if you will, for land. Yeah. In my mind, it isn't, but it can be viewed that way. Did he imply uh, CPA advocate for pushing back? Or that? No, no, I think he, he indicated the problem with the state, and we've alluded to with affordable housing, everyone wants it, but nobody really wants it. They like it in Hubbardston or, yeah. you, know, it's, uh, you know, I think it should be integrated neighborhood by neighborhood, but, but I'm just, the presentation I'm viewing at town meeting, this I think this creates a, a problem. It's not, you know, we have a 100% success record. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's not without risk, this one. Yeah. For something like that, or, you know, uh, any number of, of citizens could object to the cost of it. I, you know, yeah. yeah. It's an expensive thing that, that doesn't seem like the right number to me, but we're forced to match the bona fide offer. And then, so it is what it is right now. When Todd brought it up, to me, that's a ticking time bomb. When wow. you couple, the seller with his past yeah. activities, and no real answer to that, other than hope he does yeah, I, you know, I think if we were to vote to bring it forward, we have to commit to some preparation too. To yeah, be able to uh, define the article correctly, answer some of those questions, yeah. and be able to support what. But I have no qualms bringing it to town meeting. You know, um, it's worth doing. Right, it's worth trying. Yes. I just think it's just some difficulties to yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. um, just to kind of counter your point. So right now this is industrially zoned land. Um, so by including the affordable housing component, um, then you are still allowing some development, albeit limited. So there is some value, there will be some tax revenue, chances are, um, you know, these will be townhouses, of course they will be restricted, so won't get as much tax revenue as you would for market rate housing, certainly, but um, I, I think the state would, would not necessarily view it as a loss, because they are pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing for affordable housing. So you're taking it out of industry, but you're putting it in the affordable housing pot. But I think we know, especially talk, hearing Rick, that the f affordable housing development there is probably a long way off. Yeah, but. It could be. But, the, you so know, every, every other project, you know, I mean, when, when was NAHC reformed? Rick, when was NAHC reformed? Uh, yeah, so in 15 years, uh, you know, you, you've been successful, but in small chunks. That yeah. Each one took several years, yeah. you know? And they, they're all good chunks. They just, right? Yeah. We're, we're setting up the project for year six, or year seven, <laughs> them. Would it be possible to get the numbers? So to your question, you said 73% right now comes from homeowners. Yeah, off the top of my head. So we're talking about lost revenue. Is it possible to run the numbers that if this, like what the difference is, if this were developed? Industrial. Industrial. Would it, would it reduce it to 
53%? No, of course oh. not. Would it reduce it to 72%, which is, you know, yes. negligible? Is it possible to run those numbers to sort of proactively yeah. Yeah, be armed with that? Yeah, like John said, yeah, we, we need to do some presentation yeah. work. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Yeah. That's about right. Because it, yeah. we're talking about, in the big picture, is it really? Right. That's and nice to, to Lori's point, I mean, I'm throwing out round numbers. Instead of 80000 a year from the warehouse with the rail spur, it might get ten thousand a year back with property owners. Yeah, you know, I think it's, it's worth a bit of a, retch, a stretch, but that's what you're talking yeah. about. Right? So like I said, we'll have to work on the presentation. Hey, I'm not sure. I put up a slide that articulates <laughs> this. Would you want to be ready to answer the question? And to the point of it, I don't they, have the answer, John. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, yeah, so you're not volunteering <laughs> to take the presentation. <laughs> no. Not with yours, Trevor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not messing with that. You're victim of your own <laughs> success. Yeah, I tried that a couple much. times. You, know, like, yeah. you do not want me to. You got like there. blank stares. Don't you want us to talk in front of Tom Beatty? You've seen me in front. To the point about yeah. if we didn't do this, if we if we purchased this property and then he the industrial development ends up across the street. I mean, that still could happen even if we, um, yeah. even if this doesn't go through, you could end up with industrial on both sides of the street. So it's not, I mean, it's not one side or the other. The risk is there no matter what. Could we have what happens across the street come to this side of the street? Definitely preventing that, right? Yeah. That would be a selling point right there. That's true. There you go. Many ways, many angles. Like to move to question or move to move to move. We ran it in. In a nutshell, do we we have the funds available to do it without debt? It sounds like it, yeah. and without touching the affordable housing reserve. Lori was about to read off some numbers. So, if you're interested in using the full conservation fund amount, that's six hundred sixty-four thousand seventy-three dollars. Um, the new revenue that was uh, voted at the last meeting um, for the conservation fund, that amount was $218,274 for a total of $882,347. So that leaves a shortfall of $817,653. And there is more than that in the unreserved funds. Plus the 350000 No, so uh, the $218,274 yeah. is the portion of the three fifty that we voted from new revenue. Right. So that, uh, you know, as I stated already, Open Space Committee gives that up, puts the 218 of new revenue toward, oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, toward, toward the 664 okay. You know, just keeping the... So 218 comes out of the yeah. 350. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, in other words, yeah. if, if one was making a motion for a warrant, you'd put that number for new revenue. Um, and we don't have the 664 073? It's 073. Yep. Yeah. That, uh, you know, it's not coming out of our, it's not coming out of any of the CPA categories or the new, or the unreserved fund or the new revenue, but we're, you know, voting to utilize it. Uh, and then you gave it back, you gave, uh, what's the total again? I'm sorry. 
the total of the conservation fund and the new revenue? $882,347. So the shortfall, once again, is $817,653. So if DCR comes up with the 200 grand, then that would be reduced by 200,000. Right. So the source for it, uh, if we took that from the unreserved account, we'd be left with uh, 243 something. And maybe, and maybe, maybe 400 if we get the, what's your conference level, do you think, on DCR? Uh, she seemed intrigued and uh, absolutely willing to partnership, partner with the town. Do you think it helps? And they were eager to do this yeah. like business. If you were so. to go back there and say it helps the town, is willing to put all of its chips, so to speak, as well, if that would help. That's very interesting. Would that be a maximum? She was kind of throwing it out from the top of her head. Oh. Um, I was tempted to be like, hey, if you'd be willing to do that, would you be willing to do 350000 <laughs> <laughs> But then I didn't want to push yeah. my back, so. Yeah. <laughs> we can always have that conversation during the site walk. <laughs> so, well, we we'll do a couple hundred thousand short. <laughs> okay, well. Um, I do have to make a motion. I would do yeah, it. Yeah. There would need to be, uh, the first motion, <laughs> if one was to approach a motion, for the purchase, the first motion would be to uh, re reverse the vote on the uh, open space application for the conservation fund money. So moved. Second. <laughs> Very well. So what's on the table is to uh, reverse the vote we took on January 4th for the application of the $350,000 that was going to go to the conservation fund. Uh, we're implying the purposes to use it for this other land purchase. Do we have any other questions on that motion? All in favor? Aye. 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 We are Aye. so unanimous. So now we got more money, so to speak. Um, John, where would the 664073 be coming from? Is that conservation reserve? It's conservation fund. So, I make a motion that we. The next number is the new revenue, the 218 number. Move that we is it approve this application for the purchase of 432 Whitney Street land acquisition using $664,073 for conservation reserve, $218,274 drop due money, and then. Seventeen thousand six hundred fifty-three from the unreserved account. Second. Motion by Jeff. Second by Leslie. We got the math right. Thank you. Any questions? More discussion? All in favor? Aye. Aye. We are six zero unanimous. Thank you for your support. Thank you. You're welcome. I think it was a great discussion. Now, I 
you have uh, the other agenda item is with regard to using admin funds for things that would go to this purchase. And um, my, my biggest question is around the legal expenses. I kind of didn't expect that. But I guess you got to pay the council for something. So it's, it's their cost for anything they do with regard to the PNS or rewriting the PNS for the town of Northbrook. In the title search, that's the biggest fault of the cost is the title. They have title for us to take is the, the critical piece. And is the buyer actually required to bear all that compared to the seller? The seller has to provide clear title, so if there's clause or he's got to pay money to remove those. But yeah, that's that's what her estimate is. I've you know we'll work hard to keep it as low as possible. Jason, do you know what our admin fund balance is from twenty four? Um, I, I think we had, you hadn't spent very much of it so far. I think we have like 35000 left. Yeah. So we ended up paying the uh, annual charge to the coalition. Um, and you, you and pay some staff, uh, traditionally some staff um, reimbursement comes from that for, what did Michelle will remember for yeah. minutes yeah, and so we, we haven't been uh, lacking that for Michelle because okay. she's, you know, uh, already being paid out of the planning budget. Um, well, we, we appreciate her. Uh, so we have uh, we we have thirty five ish. Yes. So this is affordable, but um, we're talking about needing an appraisal five to ten. Let's say probably maybe five. Yeah. Five to ten. Super expensive. So we're right at you know we're this is. Um, you know, 25,550 requests, so we'd be, maybe we got another 10 there, so. Sounds like we could cover it. Is there any other expenses that are gonna come up and bite us? I tried to anticipate everyone. I wasn't aware of the appraisal part of it, so that's, that was new. With, right the now. Way we've, with the way we voted to use open space money that just happens to be in the conservation fund, but it was voted as open space money. We need to prove that it's worth at least 664. Sounds easy from what you said, but. So Laura, here in your potential funding sources, you indicated the municipality might have some money, overlay or APA, uh, given that we've just a lot going for a million bucks, couldn't the town pick up the difference? Or is there an avenue available? I would need town meeting approval for for most of those on that. The yeah. overlay uh, was just released from the assessors, which we can apply at town meeting. And would would could APRA funds be appropriated without town meeting approval? Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I could make the application to the board. That this is a, a use that could be covered. Yes, <clears throat> but that would be a week to put maybe another thirteen. They might be willing to meet ahead of that, but. Oh, I was, I'm just checking it out. Kind of. No, I just, I didn't know if we always. Our doors open. No, do we need some. Uh, the horse left. Do we need something, something in our, our administrative <laughs> fund yeah. for some of our yeah, business that, that may come up? Yeah. That would be the reason to go after Yeah. Okay, so um, should we say that uh, 25550 is the. Request right now for admin funds. 
Is there any chance you can reduce that off pay an extra five grand for appraisal? <laughs> Just so I don't have to come back to you. You're practicing for your talk to DCR. That's right here. That's right here. So we would go with the lowest, um, you know, get three quotes and then go with whoever the lowest quote is. Why don't we? Five thousand, maybe thirty thousand, five fifty. Why don't we just make it thirty-one thousand? You think that's a safe appraisal number? If there's a shortfall, I'll let you know. Okay. <laughs> Anyone have an opinion on that? I'll make a motion that we uh, allocate thirty-one thousand dollars from our All in favor? Aye. 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 Spending money like it's going on style. It's fun to spend other people's money. You know what? It's fun to spend it, other people's money. It's still <coughs> taxpayers' money, but it's it's a 30% return on investment every year. So it's state money fund, too. Absolutely. It does not uh, restrict any other resources the town needs to do its business. So mm -hmm. it's a good thing. Um, does anybody have any other comments or new business on these subjects? Uh, I think we need to put a date out there in case something comes up we need to meet again. Uh, the, uh, do the same thing, keep the meeting open. Yeah. Keep the open hearing open yeah. as well. And if we do that, then we got, definitely got a meeting again. So, uh, does that sound like the right thing, Lori? The first Thursday is March 7th. Thank you guys. Thank you. Scott? You should vote on that. Do we want to do I had an amendment to the minutes that I gave to Michelle late. Yeah, I didn't get one. Um, and it was uh, with regard to the description of the affordable housing discussion. So, top of page two, uh, she said reauthorizing 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19 funds but it was actually 16, 17, 18, 19 only, and that was clarified in the motion later in the minutes. So oh, okay. that on. And then the next sentence was misleading to me, so I, 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 uh, it said there would be a new round of funding, and I think it needs to say the current application is for a new round of funding of the 126,855, subject to the funding agreement. So I put that in, I think, more accurately clarifies what was being discussed. Any other changes to the minutes? I only read that on the um, first parish church. Uh, there was no record of a roll call vote or a vote outcome. No roll call was taken, and it was approved. 
Yeah, it doesn't say anything about the vote itself. And if we were uh, all, we were all in favor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, nine nine zero. Mm -hmm. So that should be added. You're absolutely right. That was it. Roll call vote followed. All were in favor. Add yep. those words, right? Yep. Thank you. Okay. Thank you everyone for your attention. Thank you. Thank you.